Hello and welcome to Required Reading, a podcast that revisits the most impactful books from our childhood. I'm your host, Erin Bowles. I'm an actor and I am on strike, so I won't promote what I'm working on. Adrian Vento is an art director, poet, and avid Sims 4 player. When they aren't working their official job, they are making ebook covers for fan fiction or overusing the phrase, don't threaten me with a good time. They're one of my favorite people in the whole world. I love them so much. Hi, Adrian. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Also, I think I just pissed my pants a little because you said most impactful book. And I don't know if that's what we're going to be covering today, but we sure are going to be covering a favorite. Today's book is Cupid Doesn't Flip Hamburgers from The Adventures of the Bailey School Kids, written by Debbie Dady and Marcia Thornton-Jones, published in 1995. It's the 12th book of the series. Debbie is from Morganfield, Kentucky. Marcia is from Joliet, Illinois, and the illustrator Stephen Gurney is from Pennsylvania, and I don't have anything more to say to him. He, he has his own work. Gabby was a first grade teacher and a librarian, and the two are still writing. There are over 80 Bailey School Kids books. They're still making them. They're making graphic novels, and she markets her work as for reluctant readers. She's a really fun website. There's, It seems like Early web design is her thing and she really enjoys it. And Marsha has one little page where she's like posing for Sears with like her dog. I'll send it to you because it's just cute. I, I was like, I really want to see this. It's um, so cute. And also, uh, mm-hmm. why is it my new dream to redesign a website for Debbie and Marsha? <laughs> she's listening to this. Debbie? I will do work for you. It's the 12th book in the series. The very first was Vampires Don't Wear Polka Dots in 1991. They met while they were both working at the same elementary school in Lexington, Kentucky, which is where my dad's from. And Dady was a librarian and Jones was a third grade teacher. And they said, quote, we figured if we sprouted horns two feet long, fangs the size of swords and blew smoke out our ears, the kids would finally behave and pay attention to us. So cute. And a little bit about 95, top songs include Gangsta's Paradise, Waterfalls, and Kiss from a Rose. Top movies include Batman Forever, Apollo 13, and Toy Story. Major events that year, uh, Selena is murdered. eBay is founded. O.J. Simpson is found not guilty. And the FDA approves the first protease inhibitor to treat HIV and AIDS. And most importantly... I was conceived. My parents were banging. So what's your story with this book? How did it come to you? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know where the book came from, but the cover is like viscerally burned into my memory. And I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure I own all of these books. Really? Mm -hmm. Um, Or probably not all of them, but I owned a lot. Like I went in while I was revisiting this for Mm -hmm. doing this show. Um, I went down a rabbit hole of like looking at all of the ones that they've published Mm -hmm. and I'm like pretty sure I read all of them and my other favorite is Dragons Don't Cook Pizza. I think I had an obsession with food. I have a feeling that the reason that this book came to be was because even though I was raised in New York, Mm -hmm. every summer I spent the summer with my grandma who was super mormon i was only allowed to read like approved literature and i think this fell into the category of approved literature Mm -hmm. um that i could like get from the library so this was me also i was like really struggling with dyslexia Mm -hmm. when i was a kid so 
I'm pretty sure this was like me reading like slowly and methodically and like doing all my exercises. Mm-hmm. Do you remember maybe how old you were? I would probably bet that this was like six or seven, maybe a little older. And I definitely revisited them. Also, all of the illustrations in this book are like core memories. Yeah. Like I I didn't know know that I knew these images so well. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad. I never read these. I was like aware of them. But what I'm realizing through doing this podcast is that I was a bookish kid who did not read a lot. (laughs) I was mostly watching TV, which like ended up working out in the end. So you're Uh, a poser. I am. And do you remember how, how did you feel about it when you were reading it as a kid? Like, what do you also remember going into it? So I think this started my fascination or like addiction to seeing the sort of like mythical or fantastical in our universe. So Mm -hmm. it's not like it's a fantasy where we're set in middle ages with dragons and whatever it's the idea that these characters like cupid or like a vampire like frankenstein actually exist in our day-to-day and i think that has been a theme that has followed me throughout what i love about every book and like my reading journey because i became such a big percy jackson fan Mm -hmm. for the same reason it's like oh you don't know if someone around you is like secretly suspicious and I think secretly suspicious, it's more fun to think like, Ooh, maybe that person's Cupid than like, Oh, that person's about to commit a crime. Right. (laughs) Which is like a very New York kid mentality. I was like, anyone can be a criminal. (laughs) So I think it was more fun to be like Cupid could be anywhere. (laughs) I love that. And I love you mentioned mentioning Percy Jackson for those listening, Adrian and I met in college and we were uh, writing partners with Brandon Gintero, who's going to come on the podcast, and yesterday told me that he picks Percy Jackson for his oh, book. So Brandon. I told Adrian this when I was giving Brandon the list of titles. Brandon said, God, whoever chose Cupid doesn't flip hamburgers. That's a go one. My I boy. I love us. I love us. I um, love us too. So I guess a quick summary of the book. I'll just read the back of the book. There are some pretty weird grown-ups living in Bailey City, but could the new cook in the school cafeteria really be Cupid cooking up love potions for lunches? The Bailey school kids are going to find out. And I got my book from Thrift Books, and on the back cover, someone wrote, Moron. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. Mine says Mrs. White in the cover. So... I got a kinder kid than you. I love used books, though, They're for, yes. for that reason specifically. So when you read the description mm-hmm. of it, like, let me tell you, this is book core memory, the images, everything about it burned into my head, except for the plot. <laughs> when I was reading it, I don't know what's wrong with me. First of all, I'm a writer, so I probably shouldn't have struggled with this. I was like, I have no idea where this book is going. (laughs) So that was just a fun little adventure for me. So not having read the series, is it always these four kids? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I think it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because, like, the the kid in this who is, like, sort of the focus, Eddie, 
I feel like I remember him or am spiritually connected to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he might be in Dragons Don't Cook Pizza. Mm-hmm. But I would not swear on my life to those facts. That's fair. That was one of my other notes is, is Eddie always up to some shit? Because he seems like a kid who would have like, yeah. is really out to cause me anxiety. And okay. just things up. I also don't think Eddie is like a very good moral lesson for children this whole like the whole underlying lessons of these books are a little sus Mm -hmm. it is like I've got to figure out something that someone does not want to tell me about an adult in my life and I mean literally I will bow down to Debbie and Marsha like no disrespect no hate at all But this is kind of sexual harassment, the book. Yeah. One of my big questions was like, why why are we kind of like romanticizing third graders? And it's not just Debbie and Marsha. I think it's like a a cultural thing. But like, why, why? I was wondering if I had not had the mentality set up that romantic love is like the end all be all goal. Who would I be, and how different, and how more like more like relaxed and self assured would I be? It's just weird because I genuinely don't think I was thinking about love when I was mm-hmm. in third grade. Like I was like, oh, love is for Barbie or love is for adult mm-hmm. figures in my life, but not for me. And it just was so weird that this book was all about like kids under the influence of love potions also there's this part in the book and tell me if I'm getting ahead of no 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 podcast at all um there's this part in the book where I think Howie Mm -hmm. is spoiler alert guys Howie is being fought over by um Melody and what's her name and Carrie no not Carrie Melody Melody and Liza and they're like all supposed to be a like a trio of friends and then they both get the love potion and fall in love with him and they're like you have to choose Mm -hmm. and first of all I was like this is messed up that we're like pitting girls against each other and then second of all Maybe this is just because I am polyamorous, but I'm like, this is really dramatic. Yeah. Like, you can all just be together. Mm -hmm. I mean, not because they're third graders, but like, I just, this is a monogamous agenda. Yeah. (laughs) With Carrie pursuing Eddie, I thought it was like kind of flipping gender roles on its head as like a girl Mm -hmm. pursuing. Also, one of my favorite parts was that. Carrie's dad owned the Bailey City Bank. And I was like, oh, you tell me everything I need to know right there. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, we know who Carrie is. Yeah, this is such an effective describer. So they're in third grade. What was third grade like for you? Third grade for me was okay. I think I was diagnosed with dyslexia in third Mm -hmm. grade, probably. And so I was doing a lot of the like separate classes for people who needed more help or different accommodations and I was struggling socially a little because I was just a quiet kid and I was talking to my mom about who I was in like third grade fourth grade and she said oh well I don't really remember much but what I do remember is one of your teachers said to me Adrian is going to do really well in college and not before then. 
Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, okay. And, and you did very well in lie. college. She was right. That I feel was like me. A tricky year. I feel like it's it's a year where things start changing. Yeah, because you have to like learn more than just the alphabet. Yeah. You have to start like connecting different pathways yeah. of knowledge. And then I feel like once you start connecting things in life, it's over. Like you yeah. start seeing too much <laughs> of the world. There's cursive. There was multiplication for the first time. I was at a new school and I was friends with the one other new girl. And I would always go over to her house because it was right next to the school. And I remember her mom just being naked a lot. But she would also pull me aside and be like, thank you for tutoring her. And I was like, I did not know I was here to do that. (laughs) No one told me that. We were talking about crushes. I know I like I had a crush like every single year, but I think it was like it's because I had to like it was. Yes, you had to pick your crush. Yeah. And so you would have something to talk about. Like in third grade, I had a crush on a fifth grader on my bus who had a mohawk that was occasionally dyed to look like the flag of America. Oh, that's bold. His name was Skylar and he was a patrol and he had the little little, um, belt and stuff. Wait, Skylar seems like a main character. I know. (laughs) And because I like didn't go to that school anymore and I went to schools after that, like not in my neighborhood. I have no idea Mm -hmm. who, where he ended up. I'm so glad we're doing this because I just get to hear wild stories. Yes. And I love that. (laughs) And here's the most deranged thing I think I did. At Mm -hmm. some point in around third, somewhere between third and fifth grade, I came across some form of media where some girl was like writing all the names of the people that she had crushes on, like on her wall. And I was like, that's what I have to do. But I was a weird kid and I like even numbers. And so... I just started inventing crushes on people and I would like rationalize them to myself. And so in my old bunk bed, I had like a list of boys names and I know I had crushes on some of them, but I definitely didn't have crushes on all of them. I had a crush on the same guy all through high school. And it was very much because if I had a crush, my friends had something to talk about so I could like mm. become the center of the conversation. We love that. Was Skylar your first crush? No, my first crush was first and second grade was a guy named Matthew who had a lisp. Love. <laughs> I moved after second grade. I used to live next to a little boy named Luke who was like a year or two younger than me. If I had lived there longer, my parents definitely would have like tried to set us up or something. There was oh like, God. and there was a moment when I was in high school, I think, and I was in CVS and I like ran into him and his mom and I didn't recognize him. Oh my God. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened, but everything felt exactly. different. Yeah. My first crush was in first grade Mm -hmm. and it was on two people at the same time Aiden and Sarah and they were paternal twins (laughs) male female and I came home and I told my mom I'm gonna marry Aiden and Sarah I'm gonna play Legos with Aiden and I'm gonna braid hair with Sarah and we're all gonna live in a house and I'll be married to both of them but they won't be married to each other because they're siblings and that's weird. Polly from day one. Polly mm. from day one also very heteronormative activities. Well. Judgment. <laughs> but I will say like 
the man liked the boy. The boy liked Legos. Mm-hmm. And I liked the boy and Legos. One of the things that I can't stop thinking about after reading this book, and honestly, I, I would love Debbie and Marsha to weigh in. What is the mechanics of the magic system in this universe and why do the pins work the way they do and how do they choose their mark like who likes who is it special like straight magic like why aren't there any people in love who are the same gender especially Liza and I didn't think about this until now but Liza and Melody both eating the cookies at the same time it makes way more sense that they would like each other Mm -hmm. way more sense like that was lesbian coded yeah stretching the bounds of logic a little bit to be straight still but also how do you feel about valentine's day because i don't care about the holiday but i love the aesthetic Um, yes that's a mm -hmm. perfect way to describe it as eddie was talking about how gross the cafeteria was i was eating it up like yes 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 and i think what i loved about this book as a kid was there was something very like visceral about Mm -hmm. the descriptions especially of food and I've noticed this about myself where anytime a book goes really in detail about what they're eating I like gobble that shit up I'm like yes give me world building give me everything I can't tell you enough how every time I've eaten cherry jello since I was in since I read this book for the first time I think of this book Oh, wow. Every time. The grip that this book has on cherry jello for me is insane. I wrote it down because I said, what is in this child's lunch? And it's a slice of meatloaf, one slice of tomato, one slice of an apple. And Could you imagine if in elementary school you had been given a slice of tomato I would have cried I would not understand it at all and I'm on that I was never taken to be introduced to our new lunch lady right that that baffled me yeah I know they were like this is the new lunch lady and I was like well okay we know who Cupid is yeah I remember they all groan when she says we have to go meet the lunch lady and I was like kids love not doing work kids love right going places taking breaks if they were like you can do math or you can meet the lunch lady I'd be like field trip exactly I noticed I put flags on it there are a couple times where Eddie he speaks in these like non-sayings that sound like the best way I can describe it is like like, half an idiom yes like a grandfather during the depression got his like brain in the blender which I also as I was thinking about that I was like oh that's how I talked sometimes in college I would like watch too many old Hollywood movies Mm -hmm. and be like hey there but he says I think this lady fell off the old holiday wagon before her brain was fully cooked yeah that's like eight different sayings (laughs) and on the next page he goes there's nothing good about overdosing on red that new cook may need surgery to remove all of these hearts, and I'm just the doctor to handle it. <laughs> I love the aversion to red dye. Like, that's mm-hmm. really setting up, uh, like, our parents' generation. Of, yeah. Like, red dye 40 is a sin. Eddie cracked me up. So I read this book two nights ago to, mm-hmm. like, refresh. Yeah. And I read it with my girlfriend and we read it out loud and I read everything that wasn't dialogue and mm-hmm. she did voices for oh. everything that was dialogue and there were definitely like character choices mm-hmm. made. So I think I really loved that added a layer to it. They were all very distinct characters, but like what I liked is it reminded me of other books in the series that I had read like 
Mrs. Jeepers is a reoccurring character because right. she's the teacher that's a vampire. Yeah, the vampire. Polka dots. Yeah. I noticed they're very mean to each other. The for, kids? Yeah, for four yeah. best friends. At least the girls are. They say, like, Godzilla is more lovable than you, Eddie, which is maybe true, but not something you should say. They're kind of mean to each yeah. other. Liza says, all you deserve are thorns and spinach. Dang. I know. But the spirit of the book is a mm-hmm. little mean. Or maybe I'm reading into it because I have major beef with how the lunch lady was mm-hmm. described. Yeah. Like, Every single thing about her was a comment on her size or Mm -hmm. weight. And just because I know the context of like 1995, Mm. it was definitely derogatory. Yeah. No one else was described as like Mrs. Mm -hmm. Jeepers, that skinny little twig vampire. And to the point where the kids were commenting on it also. Mm -hmm. It was it was a really toxic environment at the Bailey School. I don't know that it was malicious intent Mm -hmm. on, like, the author's part. I think they were just trying to transpose the characteristics of, like, a fat baby Cupid onto a woman, like, a middle-aged lunch lady woman. Um, But I do think it comes off in poor taste, and it just reminded me of, like, so many books made at that time, like Mm -hmm. Harry Potter, all, all women who weren't desirable were made to be heavy set. It's very 90s. In, yes, and I think the way so it looks at pretty much everything. I feel like we have to like post a picture of the illustrations oh, yeah. when this episode comes out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the one where she's sitting on a stool, it's like on page... Oh, that one's awful. Near the end? Yes, on page 61, she's like sitting yeah. on a stool. It's the weirdest angle. Mm-hmm. And Eddie is crawling on the floor. I was just like, what is this? Yeah. And and it makes her butt look very big, is, is the focus, is mm-hmm. the center point of it, with Eddie with a, a bag in his teeth crawling underneath. It just doesn't feel right. It kind of comes up randomly in the end in this thing about she belongs high on a mountain, like way in the yes. clouds. I don't understand that like line of yeah. thinking. Is I Other... guess stupid flies, but I guess it's really stretching it. I'm also curious, like, how did they decide who gets to stay and who yeah. goes? Because like Mrs. Jeepers gets to stay throughout mm-hmm. all the books, but is it? Like, I feel like a vampire would be a problem at a school, although maybe she doesn't, like, feed off of the children. But why can't Cupid stay? Yeah, and I wonder if it's because of the the moral quandaries of giving love potions to students. Maybe maybe they drew the line, but I don't know the rest of the book series. So I didn't notice this until I was reading it back. Her name is Mrs. Rosenbloom, which I thought was great with Kiss from a Rose, now that you're Mm -hmm. Rosenbloom. Like you were saying, the mechanics of the magic but so miss jeepers has a brooch and miss rosenbloom has this pin mm-hmm. but she ha- but it has to be like a double dose of pin and, and potion cookie. yeah it kept saying mrs jeepers eyes flashed what does that mean what, like a what cat a- like Maybe. i don't know like a glint yeah, like they suddenly, they go from like green to really green or something. I kind of would love to play like a tabletop RPG set in the universe of the Bailey School kids. Like I want to be a crabby little third grader mm-hmm. figuring out 
who's sketch in my school yeah, especially like I loved the the her dad owns the bank detail so much and I mm-hmm. think the the characters are like very clearly rendered like the the bully and there's a moment where they they kind of touch on the he's bullying you because he likes you bullshit and Eddie's grandma is surprisingly fleshed out even though she yeah. makes like a two-page appearance yeah and she is also kind of uh, you see where eddie maybe gets the non sequiturs yes she she he says we've had enough cookies to last a lifetime and she goes i guess what they say is true (laughs) (laughs) and we're like i don't really follow but okay grandma it's sugar and spice and i love the the playing potions and mixing things together i love that it is probably one of the most vile combinations mm-hmm. of ingredients I've ever experienced like yeah. I was reading it and I felt slightly ill vinegar lemon juice garlic powder black pepper I mean garlic powder and black pepper sound very nice it's um, the ketchup that they yeah. have at the end for me I don't understand ketchup that shit's nasty to me oh see this is where we're gonna have to beef Okay. I fucking love ketchup. Okay. I have a lot of opinions about ketchup. Mm-hmm. Mainly that Heinz ketchup is the only ketchup that's valid and every other mm-hmm. ketchup is fake. With the only exception being fancy ketchup in the McDonald's packets. <laughs> Especially if they're warm from a car. Ooh. I love a thick warm ketchup. I think that's I think that's something that freaks me out about ketchup is is the runniness of it often. Mm, and no, the, mm-hmm. I don't like when the clear juice from ketchup. I'm like it's... no, you have to shake that. Yeah, I think this weird potion scene. It weirds me out that in order to get the consistency of cookie dough, they mix all of these liquids together, yeah. and then they're like, you know what will really make this cookie dough consistency? more liquid mustard. Oh like, God! What kind of mustard <laughs> are you using? You could have asked Grandma. I think she might have. Grandma could have helped. Yeah, she. I think she's up to some mischief if needed be. And I, I love this idea of playing potions, but I don't think I really ever did it growing up. And I, I know I had like a Harry Potter toy set that had like mix these things together and they'll mm-hmm. fizzle or something. I love mixing things together and seeing what happens. I love just like seeing what happens if you leave something alone for a while. That's me. (laughs) That's how I operate. I'm just like, everyone leave me alone for a while. We'll see how it goes. Me too. I have been in full hibernation since we wrapped season two, which was October. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't quite play potions. Although when I would stay in Kentucky with my grandma, she had this like jacuzzi bathtub and I would like to pretend that I was a witch but I was sitting in the cauldron. I don't think I've ever loved anything as much as I love that. (laughs) And (laughs) one time my cousin Paris and I were in the bathtub and like we were wearing bathing suits and we were pretending to be witches in a cauldron mixing stuff and we got crazy with the bubbles and because it's a jacuzzi the bubbles started growing so much they overflowed the bathtub they were up to the ceiling they were like going out the door like I was scared of drowning like we couldn't find our way through the bubbles my grandma was so mad so mad at us I'll have to try and find the picture of me oh god so I can send it to you that's when I learned that you don't put 
I'm pretty sure it was Dawn dish soap wow. in a jacuzzi. <laughs> I think that might have been why I didn't play potions a lot is is the anxiety and and things cost money and don't be wasteful. But I have mm-hmm. a very clear memory. Fourth or fifth grade, my friends walking. There used to be a golf course right behind my house, and there was, um, which is not very fancy. It's it was we had a chain link fence saying "Don't mm-hmm. come in here." Um, so we would walk along it and had a Tupperware and would get berries from trees, just wild berries, and smash them up and then paint weird symbols on trees. I <laughs> I love that. You probably freaked someone out. Exactly. In hindsight, it's like, what kind of yellow jacket shit were we up to? There's just something about kids that are like drawn to creepy mm-hmm. and weird situations. Like one of the other book I thought about asking you to read on this mm-hmm. was the boxcar children which I loved and when we were on the farm my cousins and I would play boxcar children and we would be out in like an abandoned train car because our farm was really big but mm-hmm. also like a little junky yeah and we would be like our parents dead our resources none the weather <laughs> bad we are on the brink of death and I like pull my little cousin who's like four or five years younger me aside I'd be like you have to go get berries for the family or we're gonna die don't come back until you have a full bucket of berries and then I just send him on his (laughs) way and I'd like chill (laughs) and I was like what kind of fucking system is this and what age were you (laughs) I was probably like 11 or 12 I was notoriously like a shit starter and just very innocently manipulative child. My cousin was telling me that they still don't play Monopoly because they're traumatized by how I played Monopoly, which I insisted was the normal way, except that there was a special rule where if you were the banker, you could take any money you wanted from the (laughs) bank at any point in time. You could also take someone's property if you made them cry about it. Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Because in my house, we, I'm an only child, we played very few board games. Like one year, my grandmother gave us Scrabble and my father was like, don't open that. My mom is a writer and an Mm. editor, you know, grammar person professionally. And my dad has not been for, like formally diagnosed, but my dad has dyslexia. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, that, that's what you're describing. And so he was like, put that Scrabble box away. <laughs> and he played Monopoly with me one time and I ended up in tears sobbing um, because he won. And he was like, I, because I can't watch you cry, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> that's like kind of a sweet sentiment yeah he I played a lot of board games by myself but I think my dad was like this is traumatic for me as well and I don't want to do it anymore I once invented a way to play all of my board games at once so it was you started on the monopoly board and every tile took you to a different board game and it was like a portal where you would get sucked into like the game of life and you'd have to make it a certain amount in the game of life, but then you'd get like knocked into sorry. It was like everything everywhere all at once, the board game, but I made all the rules and I always won. I love this so much. I 
have been having this fascination with board games lately and I, I want to make some kind of art out of it. I'm writing a board game right now with my friend. Oh my God, yeah. tell me everything. I can't because it's a secret, yeah, but okay. um, lots of like fun, weird, creative things happening in my life that I never really anticipated. Mm-hmm. But I just love collaborating because like, and collaborating always reminds me of you and Brandon because like, you two were the first biggies and I miss you literally all the time. I miss you so much. If mm-hmm. we were writing a Bailey School Kids book, it would be like, AI doesn't write essays. Yeah. <laughs> this whole strike and, and doing this podcast at the same time, I keep thinking about a, a pivotal picture book that I had, which was Click Clack Moo, Cows That Type. Yes, I remember which is- that one all about a strike and labor (laughs) and my mom is also an expert in soviet studies so i feel like i've I've just wild been getting ready this whole time i've been doing this fun little thing where um i've been not writing even Mm -hmm. though i should and then i go in my head i was like we're on strike am i a member (laughs) no but we're on strike is that what strike means yeah no listen I'm surviving. Yeah. In this cold, hard world. Dude, I want to be a dead body so badly. Like, not IRL, like in a um, TV show. On a TV yeah. show. And I mean, you're in the right place for it. There's lots of dead people shows they, in New York. They film Law and Order SVU right outside my house. It was very annoying because they are like here all the time and they're like, right. my building is the FBI. And I was like, no, I'm just trying to go get tacos. Yeah. Um, but they were filming Dead City, okay. Uh, the Walking Dead spinoff show oh, okay. coming out right in front of my street. I went to the store for corn tortillas, and because I am uh, eco queen, I didn't get a bag, so I was just like holding these corn tortillas. And I turn the corner onto my block, and there are I shit you not a hundred people just laying like they're dead no. in the streets, and there's just fog rolling in and I turn and I'm visibly shook a PA comes running over it's like it's fake but you're in our shot and I was like that's my apartment and they're like okay just don't step on any of the actors and they had me step over the background actors who were dead and I was just holding this bag of tortillas trying to get to my apartment building in a fucking mist of fog i was like what is happening and because sag is on strike all i can think about is like how much were those people paid i know how much was the person that i stepped over with a bag of tortillas paid because it wasn't enough it wasn't enough and i wonder because you say you know there's a field of dead bodies and then i do have to remember like no those are all living people who like have a brain that's going on that are saying like i'm laying on the floor i'm laying on the new york city (laughs) street and it was wet i think they like hosed it down to make it cleaner but the only thing I want to touch less than the New York City sidewalk is the New York City sidewalk with water on it. Yeah. When they film like Law and Order SVU, they'll do like a police chase scene and they have PAs standing on the corner holding signs that's like, this is not real police activity. We're filming. <laughs> that's really good. I'm really yeah. glad they do that. This industry is crazy. We all make money either 
dressing up and playing pretend Mm -hmm. or helping people dress up and play pretend yeah (laughs) right now I'm working at an advertising agency and we do like a lot of purpose-driven advertising and Mm -hmm. content creation and it's one of those things where like I know I'm not saving lives like I'm not like a doctor but but it's unfortunate because when something like Roe v. Wade being overturned Mm -hmm. happens my job kicks into high gear and everyone's like, aren't you glad we don't just advertise for hot dogs? Meanwhile, I'm crying about the rights of people with uteruses being taken away. And I'm like, okay, I'm coming up with an activation. Yeah, hot Uh, dogs won't do that to you. Hot dogs will not do that to you. And sometimes I wish that my job was a little sillier than it was. Yeah. The entertainment industry is deeply, deeply silly at all times. Yeah. And I do absolutely, like, people will probably disagree with me on this. I consider advertisement the entertainment industry 100%. Mm-hmm. There's, like, it's an entire part of it. How do people see movies if not through advertisement? Mm-hmm. We'll take it back to the book. Okay. How do you feel having read it again? How did it measure up to your memories? How do you feel emotionally coming off the process? I closed this book and I was like, that was a wild ride. I also think we should have more illustrations in books. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something about the like unhinged hijacking of your imagination that a picture provides where I'm like, well, I guess that is what Eddie looks like. Yeah. Um, Also, because of the illustrations are like a pencil style black and white Mm -hmm. sketch. I imagined the whole thing in black and white, except for when they said red. There are just some places in the book that are so redundant. It's like her in her Mm -hmm. red dress with her red hair walks over to the red stool and sits down in her red dress and her red dress touches her knees. I was like, do you think she's wearing red? But anyway, I walked away from it still craving heart-shaped hamburgers. This will always remind me of cherry jello and vice versa i don't know that i'd read this to my kid yeah this one i'm honestly walking away with a unhealthy curiosity about reading all the other ones i'm slowly working through the entire wizard of oz series Mm -hmm. that shit's crazy i love the wizard of oz have you gone to the one where like the queen has different heads yes that's the third one that shit is demented Mm mm-hmm but that, also, I wish I had yeah. that. Have you seen Return to Oz? No. Oh, oh my God. They have her in it. Oh, okay. It's, I have um, to. I think it's on Disney. It came out in the 80s. Horrifying children's movie. Terrifying. Okay. I'll definitely have to watch that. I need to watch that because I'm going down kind of like a Wizard of Oz rabbit hole because mm-hmm. I've fallen into the... I don't know if it's technically a conspiracy or if it's just a, a theory or opinion. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't get into that rabbit hole. But Barbie, the new Barbie Mm -hmm. movie is supposedly kind of modeled after a Wizard of Mm Oz-esque. I'm so excited about that. I follow the Oz blog, who's a Wizard of Oz historian. Um, Oh my god. Yeah, it's... That is the most you sentence mm -hmm. I've ever heard. Because she's a lot like my mom, and her house looks a lot like what my mom does with Girl Scout memorabilia. Um, Absolutely uh small aside did you Mm -hmm. ever get your girl scout pilot anywhere no not yet but it's so good thank you i this is the official plug for your (laughs) pilot 
Thank you. I yeah, I have I have things I've been cooking that I need to do something with, but also I've been really deep into the world of like slam poetry and songwriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Which has been a little wild. One thing that I admire so deeply about you is that we went to entertainment school together and you finished and said, I'm going to do something else. And yeah. advertising is, is in that. But that that is one of the bravest things I think I've ever heard anyone do. And Dude, sometimes mm-hmm. I lay awake at night being like, should I be in L.A.? And I love and like absolutely adore mm-hmm. the people who I went to school with who are out there doing it like I'm nothing has made me more happier than like watching your journey and seeing like this sort of like out-of-pocket development of you being an yeah. actor <laughs> which is just like wild <laughs> to me but um I'm so glad I'm not in LA first mm-hmm. of all just knowing me yeah. instant coke addiction okay yeah instant. I... so LA is not for me I just realized like I love writing so much and I do not want to have to use it as a utility to live. Mm -hmm. And so I've found that doing other things and being creative in other ways has actually let me do so much more writing. And I still hold out hope that one day I'll like make a movie or something. I think that's that's been such a, a huge thing that I've had to learn since coming here is that it's the the job won't love you back and you uh, have yeah. to keep things for yourself. And so it's when I started this process, I've had the idea for like a year or so. But when I started in May, I just sat like sat myself down and said, this is not about numbers. It's not about success. It's not about ads or money. It's about I want to talk about something fun with my friends mm-hmm. and have fun. And have this be mine and I don't think I'm realizing until maybe right now like how expansive that can be of of having something that is just yours yeah Um, and I think it's a really interesting topic to pick for a podcast that is supposed to just be yours because Mm -hmm. there's just something about revisiting your childhood mind and the things you are reading and doing that kind of remind me at least that I never knew what the fuck was happening. I still don't. And I might never. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like I've been working on accepting the fact that life is crazy and Mm -hmm. things change so fast. Like so fast. Like at any point you could find out that your lunch lady is Cupid. And what I think the book does a good job of to just like really Mm -hmm. be on theme is sometimes you find out the lunch lady's cupid and it caused a lot of fucking drama for four days and then you move on with your damn life eddie yeah (laughs) it's like sometimes your teacher's a vampire but you know what you still got to do elementary school yeah i do think they're they are probably extremely like tough and resilient kids who have i would like to so much the Bailey School kids like their therapy logs yes. when they're 35. Or yeah, like what are they up to in high school? Well, that's Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Oh no, that's Buffy. That's the show that raised me. That's my core personality. That's what that is. That's Buffy. Oh Buffy. <laughs> so good. I just want someone to like come down from the clouds and offer me a role in something really camp and ridiculous Mm -hmm. like I want to wear like a prosthetic face yeah 
and like be goopy. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things about the Bailey School Kids that like sticks with me is just like the naming device. Yeah, of like Cupid doesn't flip hamburgers. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about when I was rereading it, I was like, oh, I think we should just name every movie that's sort of like sci-fi or monster mythical like this like shape Mm -hmm. of water is just like fish don't fall in love yeah it's extremely effective and the illustration like you talked about very transporting there's a big world here going on and i want a map of bailey i want to know what the bank policies are yeah i feel like i want to know like more about like who's the mayor Mm -hmm. do they have the drive-through banks with the tubes that go yeah i love those things i love that every neurodivergent (laughs) person loves the banks with the tubes that go swoosh oh man i would read this Mm -hmm. book again stoned oh yeah i love you i love you do you have anything you want to plug as we end the episode yeah i have been really just like having a wonderful time being like a creative person Mm -hmm. with these two guys I met they have a band called limestone love seat and they have an ep coming out soon and it's just been like the highlight of the last few months to work on the album art to work on their band logo I just went out to see them and take photos of them playing and I realized that like I love music and I wrote the lyrics to a song that will be coming out not on this EP but maybe the next one or possibly the one after that sometime in fall but it just opened my brain to like a whole new sort of way of creating so if anyone wants to be super cool and check out Limestone Love Seat on Instagram and see their music when it drops and see my designed covers, I would love you very much. Oh my god, I'm tearing up. I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy for you. Thank oh my god. You do such amazing things. And I you know. do so well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> No, I've been on this like crazy affirmation thing where I'm like, you can't hate yourself. You just keep saying you love yourself. And it kind of works. Yeah, I think that's the, there's a lot of inner child work in this podcast, especially because I started it right as I was coming off of the artist's way. There's something so real about being in the self-help section Mm -hmm. of a Barnes and Noble because your friend told you you were depressed and all you know is enough to believe them. Yeah. Every day I think like, I can't do this industry and I can't do this career. And then I do have to sit down and be like three people that I idolized when I was in college think I've got something going for me. So it's rude of me to doubt their judgment. Yes. Also, you forgot to include me on that Yeah. That's true. Because well, also idolized in college, yeah. You idolized me and I idolized you. Mm-hmm. It's how it worked. That's called the magic of friendship, baby. I'm really intrigued by the idea of a Bailey School D&D or like board game now. Of right. How to figure Wouldn't out. Wouldn't that be fun? Well, like I guess a that's, guest, yeah. A guest yeah, yeah. slash clue. Mm-hmm. It's okay. like uh, it was the teacher in the PE room with the fangs. Yeah. Oh, now we have another project to do together. <laughs>